and welcome to Landscape Photography World. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show discussing the world of landscape photography. This time I'm talking to Denny Cooper about his landscape photography journey. Denny's a medical scientist from Tasmania who's consistently turning out high quality work. His landscapes around Tasmania's wilderness and urban locations are world class and he's had work published in Australian Photography and other magazines. He's also a moderator on IG World Global and is passionate about his landscape photography. He talks about how he balances his passion with family life and we touch on how social media is evolving the way photography is seen. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi Denny, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, thanks mate. Just thanks for having me on here. It's um, quite an honour really. Oh, pleasure, pleasure. Um, I don't know about an honour, but <laughs> certainly something that keeps me busy while I'm not able to get out shooting. So, Well, it's it's a good little idea. I mean, um, I've, I've listened to a few other podcasts along the way and um, like from other people that have you know, started there. So I guess I guess people in um, certain situations, it's yeah, a good good idea just to keep things moving, keep ideas fresh and talk to the other people in your community as well. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I'm, what, I, what I'm trying to do, I guess, is just get some people that, you know, whose work I really respect, you know, I, you, you probably noticed I'm not too worried about how many followers or how many likes or whatever their, their stuff's getting. It's more about, you know, they they do good work and they, they may have interesting stories. Some of them might not, and that's okay, you know, if if, uh, if they're too boring, you know, I, I won't release them. So. <laughs> yeah. I haven't that's found absolutely any like that so like- far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the whole the whole likes and follows something that's just doesn't sit right with me. But oh, I'm I, I'm a bit. You see, like in, I've I've been doing photography for a long time, way before Instagram or any of those things ever ever eventuated, yep. and you know, the I, it just seems really weird to me. I mean, call, call me an old fart, but you know, it, it's just just seems really weird you know that that chasing the little endorphin hit that you get out of uh, out of a like or a follow you know well that's it i mean i i come from that generation i suppose and the reason um sort of part of my photography journey started was because of instagram um because i liked visual arts basically so i like photos i was not a photographer um you know i had an instagram account for a good probably four or five years um yeah. before being a camera essentially um, but follow a lot of photographers and it was that sort of inspiration that sort of got me into my photography. Um, cool. I just, I learned a lot of things along the way. So it's, it's been, a, it's been a fun ride, but, um, because of that, I see a lot of the social side of social media and what people do, how people react to it. And, um, yeah, like people chasing the likes. So I've seen a lot of people come and go and it's, I don't know, it's just something that doesn't hasn't affected me in, in that sort of way. And it, it's weird to see other people and how they deal with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll touch on that a bit later on as well. So. Yeah, no worries. That's fine. So when, 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 <clears throat> pardon me, uh, you're down in Tassie, so not, uh, not locked down at all. So um, when, when was the last time you were out shooting? Uh, when was it? It's, it's been a while. Well, actually I was out shooting, uh, I guess for, for commercial reasons um, on the last few weekends. So I've been down at um, Port Arthur um, shooting for okay. a distillery. Um, and that, that kind of happened by chance, which was <laughs> quite nice. Um, so it's 
kind of started with Melbourne's, one of Melbourne's uh, latest lockdowns. We were supposed to go with a group of mates over to Melbourne for a footy trip. Yeah. Um, that got cancelled at the 11th hour. And the next day, um, we, we had a few days off from work. So we all said, well, we still want to go somewhere. But we didn't want to spend any more money because we hadn't been refunded for any of our Melbourne accommodation. So yeah. I said, down to our shack down at Port Arthur. So we've got a family shack down there. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we ended up going down there. And um, they've got a McHenry's Distillery, which is a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, tucked away, sort of on the way in between Port Arthur and New Bina, sort of near Cape Rail. So they've jumped on the gin craze down there? They have. They, um, they're actually primarily for um, whiskey, but obviously these sort of things take a few years. So, yeah, that's, they, they make some very, very good gin. Their butterfly gin is probably my favourite. Nice. Um, but, yeah, and I tried a few of their whiskies that day. So we, we went and had a tasting and um, we got talking to... a good way to start a photography trip, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got talking to the bloke behind the bar and um, they were closing up at four o'clock and so the other couple that was there left and it was just my mates and this bloke behind the bar and he said, well, if you want to sit down for a bit, I'll make, you know, a few more beers, a few more gins or whatever. And then um, he sat down with us and had a few drinks and we got talking. Yep. And said, um, you know, I can take you up the hill later on and um, show you the view from up there. And I said, that'd be great. And um, it got a bit late for him. So he said, oh, no, nah, maybe um, maybe come back tomorrow morning and, and I'll take you up the hill then. And so he said, oh, cool. he gave us a good discount and um, gave us a couple of souvenirs as well. So we're all yeah. kind of walking thinking, you know, that hospitality is really bloody nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, had a, had a good night with my mates and um, got up the next morning. We are going to walk into Shipstern's Bluff. Um, and we're all a little bit dusty and we kind of said, oh, should we still go and, or to, to the distillery? And we said, yeah, we, you know, we'd be rude if we didn't. So we, we rocked up and he was so happy to see us as well. So, you know, he took us up the hill and um, showed us around and he said, yeah, we've got this new sort of um, feature coming up for, for sort of an, an observatory. Yeah. Um, and we need someone to take some photos. And my mate said, well, this bloke here takes some photos. <laughs> so um, he said, do you? And I said, yeah, well, I can, I can show you a couple of photos. And he said, all right, I'll take you down to meet um, Bill McHenry, who owns a distillery. And I went and had a chat to him. And the night before I'd taken a photo of all my mates on the jetty with the uh, Milky Way in the background. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, it just so happened that I had that sitting on my phone and he said, I need, I need some shots of the observatory with, you know, the night sky in the background. So I had the Milky Way shot on my phone. I said, oh, you mean like this? He said, that's exactly what I need. So <laughs> worked out quite well. And I said, well, mate, I can come back tomorrow night and take that photo for you if you want. And it was um, a nice clear night, luckily. So that helped. And um, yeah, he was absolutely wrapped with it. Very cool. So, yeah. Out taking a few Milky Way shots and yeah, some astrophotography for them, which was quite nice. And then went down again uh, last Saturday as well. So yeah, it's been, it's been kind of fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. When, when, you, you, you said uh, you hadn't really picked up a camera until you'd had Instagram for a few years. When, what, what is the first time you sort of did it? What, what, and you know, what, what did you go to? What, what were you doing? So, um, what was it? It was okay. So, well, that the Instagram part of it comes afterwards. But um, I went, I went on a Bucks day with um, with my mates, um, and um, one of the one of the guys there just had a. DSLR, um, believe it was a Canon, and he was just snapping away all day, all night, and then about a week later, he put all the photos on Facebook, and they just looked great. And I said, "Mate, what did you do with with your camera?" And he said, "Nothing. I didn't do anything, mate. Like the camera just takes the photos like that." So I thought, Shit, <laughs> these cameras, because you know, this was 
probably about 2011, 2012, and all I'd ever use was um, either my you know phone camera or a little point and shoot. And I thought, no, nah, I've got to get one of these. It looks like a bit of fun. So that's kind of where it started. Sure. And um, at the same time, my wife was having a first child. So I thought it would be a good excuse for me to get some nice photos of the baby as well yeah. as maybe playing with her a bit. So um, where was I? I think I was actually at the Botanical Garden. So what she, she got me a Nikon D3100. Okay, nice. Yeah. And a nice little entry-level Nikon, essentially. Yeah. Um, probably the, the cheapest of the cheap back then. And um, I loved it. It served me absolutely beautifully. So, you know, some of the best photos I've taken, I think I've taken on that camera. So Yeah, I was going to say, still still takes a great shot, you know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of people, you know, carry on about, oh, what what gear did you shoot that with? You know, what camera did you shoot that with? And it's still like, yep. you know, well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm actually quite proud to say a lot, you know, some of my photos are, you know, taken with the cheapest, most entry-level camera you can get and yeah, you know, yeah. go out now and find a second-hand one for $150, $200, and um, it can take some absolute ripper photos. So, yeah, it, cool. you know, it, I, I kind of see it as it's the person behind the camera for a lot of it. It's not always the camera. Like, definitely certain levels of technology in cameras obviously help things along. Yep. But, you know, it's also a lot of it is just, you know, who's, who's shooting the, the image, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, um, you go. go on. Keep going. I was just going to say. So, um, I was at the botanical gardens um, with the family, and because it was the Nikon D three one hundred, it has like a little um, guide mode, so you can actually set the settings to guide mode, and it shows you um, what settings you want for certain photos. And I thought I've always liked the silky waterfall photos, and I've never done that before, so I sort of sat it on a rock and took a photo of just some running water. Um, all I had to do was flick it onto guide mode and essentially press the um, shutter button and it did the rest of it for me. Nice. So I had no idea what the settings were or anything else, but that's this is what it did. And then the photo came out a little bit blurry, so I said, oh, I'll probably have to hold that a bit more steady. So did it again. And um, it, it was a nice little silky waterfall shot. It was yep. you know, looking now, it's absolutely terrible, but... <laughs> the effect that I wanted and from then I kind of knew right what do I need to do to make it better how am I going to make it better and yeah. go from here so that's kind of when I got more into the photographers on Instagram and looking at certain photos and certain styles and taking inspiration from there as to what I needed to do and how I needed to shoot to make those sort of photos happen for myself yeah okay so who, who yeah. are the, the inspirational and aspirational photographers Who, who's your go-to if you're you know looking to extend yourself a bit well it's um it's hard to say there's, there's a lot so back then back then um it was initially like a, a few tassie photographers um that were you know pretty prolific on um instagram at the stage so you know i had um tassie grammar of jason futural yep. um cam blake Yep, yep. Um, and Luke Charkey was around then, not so much in Tasmania, but um, a lot of his photos he had been um, around Tassie as well. So, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they're the, probably the Tassie-based ones. And then uh, a lot of other sort of long-exposure photographers. As I, as I sort of kept getting this inspiration, it was the long-exposure type photography that definitely took my interest. Um, so that's kind of when I just started following a lot of, you know, 
um, Australian international photographers and yeah, essentially going from there. Nice. Yeah. So who, who do you go to for advice if you, you know, you know, if, if you're trying to work out how to do something or how somebody else did something, you know, who, who, who do you, who do you go to? <laughs> uh, myself. So <laughs> I'm stubborn. I'm very bloody stubborn yeah. and I've done has been self-taught. So because of that, um, it's taken me a long time to <laughs> get yeah. to a stage where I'm, you know, really happy with the quality of my photos. But over the time, it's also been a fun journey. So, you know, two, three years ago, I'm looking at some of the photos I've taken and thought, I wish I knew how to do something back then. Like so easy little little tips, like, you know, just um, certain focusing tips or um exposures or just you know like um filters that sort of thing i put all along the way just from um reading or seeing other other posts and people like saying what they're using what gear they're using and that sort of thing so i always respected the people that put their posts up and say you know uh iso 100 um 14 millimeters and f-stop of eight and then a cpl had been used it's that sort of thing yep yep. you know googling what's a cpl and that sort of thing it starts that simple but it just moves from there so yeah essentially i um i figured it all out myself the long way and um you know i I did a lot of um research on online as well looked a few things up and now there's plenty of articles you can find um of course youtube as well is um definitely that's been my go-to for for some years in in particularly for post-processing, you know, there's, you know, absolutely, I'm struggling to do something that I know, I, I know what I want to do, but I'm not yep. entirely sure what the right path is to do it. And, you know, yep. the, the, the first three or four attempts at doing it don't work. And then it's, okay, yep. open up YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, no, I, still, I still think I'm a complete spud with a lot of processing. So, um, exactly like what you just said, when I need to figure out how to do something, then I'll jump on YouTube and figure it out yep. and then I'll make that certain image look good. And then I've, you know, I've got that in the bank for later on. It's a new sort of technique or processing technique that I've learned. So that's great moving on, but I only have so many little techniques that I know and can do. And I know there is a wealth of information and opportunities on, especially Photoshop of things that you can do and um, how to improve an image, but I, I probably know, I reckon 2% of what I should. So that's the next journey as well. It's just, you know, learning how to polish an image even more essentially. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I I used Photoshop, uh, for quite some time in doing other things other than photography. Um, I was, uh, into gaming in a big way some years ago. Oh yeah. And uh, used to used to do screenshot art. Um, oh, cool! So you know, you take a screenshot, then you wouldn't just leave it alone. You'd actually be polishing up all the jaggies. So you know, if it, yep. if, if it was uh, you know like a flight sim or something, and you know you'd uh, you you'd get into it, and you'd be actually going along all of the edges down at almost a pixel level and just smoothing them all out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. Learning up te- learning little techniques around how to, how to, you know, make something that was obviously, you know, fake and digital look yes. realistic, you know, yep. and make it look as, as real as you can, you know, adding, oh, that adding sounds pretty fun. 
you know, which which is something I I try and erase now, <laughs> getting rid of rings fairly. But you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, all, all of those all of those little tips and tricks. And you know, so for me, the the editing side of things. I mean, I, I had used it for work a bit um, as well, uh, do, doing um, a bit of web development, whatever you know. So you, you know, oh yeah, yeah. You need to resize an image without, you know, squashing it up and all the rest of those sorts of things. So make yep. sure you, you're scaling it properly and everything. And I ended up yeah. in Photoshop because it was just easier than trying to use any of the other other tools at the time. So uh, yeah, and say a call as well. I mean, I I didn't use Photoshop for many many years um, just because I couldn't be bothered getting my head around it. Yeah, um, I would I would process it's a beast in Lightroom, and that would be it. Um, and it was, yeah, as I slowly learned a few more things and then realized I needed, you know, certain extra things that Photoshop had like, um, stacking, focus stacking and that, that yeah, type of thing. Yeah. Once I moved into those sort of areas, that's when I realized, yeah, okay, I do need Photoshop and I'm going to need to try and learn how to do a lot of these things. So, uh, it's, so it's, it's, it's a fun yeah, learning curve. How, how much time would you spend on editing now per, per shot? First shot. So I'm very, um, what's the word? Um, I guess I'm very particular about my shots, um, but I don't know which shot I'm going to use until I kind of see it, um, you know, in, in Lightroom. So yep, I usually go around and I'll take about six different compositions or aim for something like that of a, of a place, um, unless I'm just going for one direct shot. But usually I'm, around and um you know certain waterfalls that i go to or something i will run around and get different compositions different perspectives and then i think i've got this one shot in my head and i go straight to that and start editing that and you know get halfway through the whole edits and then i realize oh hang on this one down here is actually much better than that one yeah yeah but i reckon um once i find that shot i then spend a good probably probably an hour half an hour to an hour sort of depends on what needs yeah. to be done. You know, essentially I'll, I'll do all of the color grading and everything I need to do in Lightroom. Yep. Um, lens corrections and all of that. And then I'll take it to Photoshop to maybe just polish the image a little bit more. Sure. Um, and then I will usually take it back into Lightroom to then edit a slight amount more, maybe a little bit more um, color, color grading again. So yeah, it's usually a Lightroom Photoshop Lightroom process for me. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, probably half an hour to an hour once I find the shot that I actually want to focus on. No worries. No worries. So what, what about planning your, your shoots? So how long, how long would you spend thinking about a, a place to go before you, before you land there and uh, <laughs> set up the trial? I, I don't, I don't plan anything. I am the worst planner <laughs> ever. So I've got, I've got a good group of friends who are very good at planning things. Um, so Carmel Boyd, uh, who you may know, Tassie Heights is on Instagram or Kale Thompson. Um, we, we get out and aim for a few sort of photography trips, um, each year nice. and, you know, yeah. weekend with it. So I can't, I can't get out as much as I'd like to because of, um, you know, I've got a family, three young girls, that sort of thing, which, yep. um, keeps fairly grounded which is also a good thing for my photo my photography i think um but yeah when we do get out we we go out and um you know spend a whole weekend and don't get a lot of sleep and that sort of thing and take a heap of shots but these guys are very good planners 
I'm happy to sit there and go, okay, let's go to this place. Yep, we'll go to that one too. That's that's cool. Um, and then on location, I have no planning at all. I will just walk around until I see something that looks good and then I'll take a photo. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very, very foreground oriented. You don't, so. you don't visualize where you know where you. I mean, what, what about places that you've been before and you've got a bit of an idea about what's there? Do you do you you know sit there and dream up? Oh, well, if I if I turn up at this time, the Milky Way is going to be right in the right spot. You know, that's that's about as much planning as I do. So occasionally, yeah. doing a bit of astro, then I'll sort of realize, okay, I need to be here at this time for the Milky Way to be rising just yeah, above right. the will go from there essentially so yes that's that's as far as my planning goes um but you know I'll, I'll sit there and drive to these places sometimes whether the weather is good or not um because a lot of the times that's my only chance to get to these places and other days i just can't do it so yeah right. um, a lot of the times just you know i've got this shot now i'll do it and see if i can if i can't if it fails then i'll try and take another photo or something else and hope that it works out um so yeah, essentially, I'll, I'll just get to a location um, and walk around. And I'll probably, a lot of the time, if it's not night time, then I'll be walking around with the camera in live view, just trying to find some foreground interest for setting up the rest of my shot, basically. Fair enough, fair enough. So what, 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 what would be your description of your style? Um, I like getting a bit experimental. I mean, it's it's essentially landscape and predominantly long exposure. Yep. And yeah, whatever the weather's doing sort of depends on how long the long exposure might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I know, I love my natural landscapes, but I don't mind you know the cityscapes as well. Um, Hobart's a beautiful place, so yeah. we have a lot around us. Um, I'm very fortunate to live um, in a place called Blackman's Bay. And so I've got a beach 300 metres from my doorstep. Nice. And, you know, I can wake up in the morning, look out the window and say, oh, yeah, that's a nice looking sunset. I better run down to the beach. And yeah. that's that's very handy. Um, or, you know, it's a it's a 15-minute drive um, just up to town. And I'm, I work in town at the hospital. So, um, you know, I'm aiming to maybe go to the gym in the morning, then jump straight in the car and get up there for sunrise. There's a few nice, you know, city spots around where you can just go down to the wharf and get some nice exposures down there. Yeah. But then, you know, um, also down where I'm in Blackman's Bay, there's, there's about four really, really nice um, unique spots as well. So, you know, I've got a big blowhole, this huge big cave, and it makes a very nice shot. There's Fossil Cove, which is about five minutes away, and that's nice. a really nice sort of built rock archway, which is good for astrophotography as well. Um. Actually, I've got, a, I've got a photo of um, there recently with some bioluminescence in the water as well. So it's... Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's I, really I, cool I, seeing that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, you, you see some great videos and uh, and photos of it, but, you know, when, when you actually see it for the first time in real life, it blows your mind, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. It's pretty cool, yeah. And um, I, I didn't expect it. I've seen it around the beaches... Um, so not often Blackman's Bay, but I've seen it at Kingston Beach, which is the next yep. bay, essentially. Um, and I was just down there to take some um, Milky Way photos. And um, I was kind of getting ready to go because I thought I was done. But then I just started seeing some flashes in the water. So I thought, oh, hang on. I might actually have to watch this. And then, um, yeah, they just sort of kept coming. But yeah. they were very far between as well. So I was sitting there for probably the next three hours 
just taking shot after shot after shot, just hoping I would get some of these flashes in in yeah, the image. Sure. It, it took a long time. Um, it wasn't as much bio as you'd, you'd sort of see um, in certain other photos, but it was yeah. just enough, this nice little difference and just give it a really electric blue sort of look to it. So, yeah. 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 No, they, yeah. they look pretty fantastic. So Tassie's definitely got some of the best wilderness areas in the world. What 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 is it that draws you out into the wilderness to shoot? Um, well, I think well, I just love getting out. I love getting out with the camera. Um, it is like I didn't realise it would be as therapeutic as it is, but yep. when I when I'm out with the camera, it's just so relaxing. So I'm happy just to go anywhere. Kind of feel like I'm a kid again, just exploring and that sort of thing. So yeah, cool. I love I love that feel of it. Um, there's a lot of freedom to it. Yeah. And um, yeah, and like you said, like Tassie, there's just so many places around Tassie. So um, so many different areas. Like every corner of Tasmania is just completely different to the others, and it's it's part of its charm, I guess. And um, so wherever you go, there's always something you can shoot something new you can find and um, something amazing really. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever shot up in places like the Tarkine or? Yeah, I've been up there a few times and um, I haven't been deep into it though. Um, but yeah, I pretty, have. Pretty rugged around. Uh, getting in and out. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be fairly well prepared and. Yes. Yes. Ready, so, ready for a bit friends, of discomfort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A few of my friends do some really good hikes and big hikes and that sort of yeah. thing. So, um, as I said before, I'm kind of pretty grounded with um with the family and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. be that would be one of those things I'd have to plan. You know, a few months in advance, and um, I'd love to do it one day, but I haven't had a chance to do any of the big, you know, two to three day hikes yeah. as yet. Yeah. Uh, they're all on the cards, though. It's um. Well, get, once once the kids uh, you know, get get to an age where they can carry the camera gear, you'll be right. Absolutely. <laughs> they've, they've been on a few trips, and they're they're not the biggest fans of it. Like you know, we walk down. Ah, this is boring, Dad. This is boring. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, walking down into Liffey Falls, it's a nice sort of descent all the way down to it, and then uh, they remember that you have to walk back out of there. So yeah, you know, yeah. I think no, yeah. I don't want to do this. So you know, there's yeah. been time. I've had my camera bag and I've had one kid on each hip yep. carrying them essentially. And it's, uh, it's, it's no fun, but <laughs> <laughs> it's fun on the way down. You get some nice family photos of them on the way down and it all looks yeah. great. Then you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't swap it for the world though. Absolutely not. No, no. But um, yeah, they, they do complain a bit when, when it's um, yeah, they're coming back out and all of that, but that's, yeah, that's half the fun. I think. So. Yeah, it's usually on the way back that you start to get the, uh, my feet hurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I need to be carried, but yeah. So I can I pick and choose the the places that I would go and take the kids and the family for that sort of thing, sure. and then others where obviously you just um yeah you do it with a few mates or or go solo or something like that. So yeah, yeah. I I, I was I, I was the same with my girls. So I got uh, three girls. Uh, the youngest now is twenty two. So you know she, yep. she she doesn't carry anyone's cat camera bag now except her own <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, good uh, yeah no but uh yeah it, it, it does make it a little bit difficult you know sometimes but you know the, the the joy of raising them and everything that you know you can't go past it absolutely not and um i think i, I mentioned it earlier that um i'm actually glad that the the family has kept me quite grounded with um photography as well anyway so 
yeah. um, I see, you know, people people chasing certain photos um, yeah. and certain locations, and you know, if they don't get the shot they want, they go back again, and then they go back again, and they go back again. Yeah. I have that opportunity, so when we go somewhere, I'm there for the first time, or I've got that, you know, one day to be able to go there yeah. with the family or something, and that's it. If it's no good, then it's no good. But if it is, then it is. So. Um, you know, last time I was up at Bay of Fires, it was it was with the family for a holiday, um, and that's kind of how a lot of my photography works. It's very opportunistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I can actually get there, so <clears throat> it's um, yeah, I got some really nice photos of um, Bay of Fires, and you can I've got a few shots with the family in in those photos as well. So kind of makes it a bit more special, and um, and just enjoyable. And you know, so some of these photos I put out, I can <clears throat> still picture the whole family there and I've got the, that memory of yeah, you know, that. Nice. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Yeah. It re- really makes the shots uh, mean something to you, I guess. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So when um, you, you've been uh, printing and, um, you know, selling prints and whatever, any tips for people uh, wanting to prep an image for printing? Oh, well, I had a lot of fun with that with my screen calibration not being anywhere near what it needed to be. <laughs> so that helps. I, learned, I learned that pretty quickly. After after printing um, a few, I learned that quite fast. I need my screen to be calibrated to exactly what I see. And um, that's made the world of difference, essentially. So um, I had a friend who, um, another photographer who had a um, little calibrator and he came and basically set it up while we we're sitting there having a, we're having a meal together as well. So, um, yeah, got that out of the way. And, um, from then on, I was absolutely fine. So every, every image that I saw on the screen was exactly what it would look like in print. Um, In saying that my computer crashed about eight months ago and it is now back to being uncorrected. And it's, it's one of those things where you send it to your phone, you look at it and say, no, that's not what it, like so then you're doing the back and forth back and forth yeah you keep, keep adjusting yeah. yes that's that's sort of where i was before i originally got it calibrated and um yes i actually do need to go and get it recalibrated at the moment because i'm sick <laughs> of doing them again essentially um but that's that's all like that's that's all i would really recommend other than um sort of some output sharpening and um make sure you you find a good printer a, a person that can you know definitely look after you or a company that can definitely look after you so yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough to um, a couple of photographers recommended one to me and he's been absolutely amazing. And he's, the, he's local in Hobart? Or? Yeah, yeah. Hobart Imaging, they're called, actually. So, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, and Mark, he's, he's just a lovely bloke, so, yeah. yeah. It's always great if you can get someone local to you that uh, knows what they're doing and is happy to yep. sit down and talk talk through what, what you need and how to, how to get the best results. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so it's um quite easy with him, and um, I've yeah I've not been disappointed. Like I've I've been printing images for about four years now, probably. Yep. So yeah, images, canvases, and and calendars. He does my calendars as well. So yeah, can't say a bad word about them. Actually, it's just yeah, great Very quality. Yeah. So we we were talking a bit about the social media, uh, you know, earlier, but um. <coughs> You know, some some people sort of are seeing it as a platform for artists um, in the same way as they sort of see, you know, in the past of seeing galleries and museums. What, what's, what's your 
position on that? Are, are they the same? Are they are they for different things? Uh, are you are you talking about sort of just as in an Inst Instagram grid or of your own, or do you, are you talking about NFTs? No, no, Insta Instagram. So Instagram and or you know Twitter, because now that a lot of photographers migrating from you know from from uh, Insta to Twitter. So yes, I've seen that actually. Um, okay, so can you can you actually just repeat the question so I can get my head around what you? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess do you see Instagram and uh, other social media as an equal platform for artists? Sort of in the same way as galleries or museums have been, you know, seen as that platform in the past. Um, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly say it's equal, but um, it's it's social media, so it has it has a lot of pros, a lot of cons, essentially. Um, you know, I've got I've got friends, um, a few guys who have sort of just come to Tasmania in the last year or two. And these guys are amazing photographers, um, but not with not with much of a large following. So um, I think the sort of the exposure you get with a larger following definitely helps sort of push it along even more. Yeah. Um, and so, what am I trying to say? Um, I guess it's it's it doesn't seem equal in. The fact that you know someone could have a following of twenty thousand people, um, yeah. whereas this other person can have a following of two thousand people, and his quality of images is three hundred percent better than this bloke with yeah. twenty thousand. Yeah. So, um, you know, and there's there's also you know the whole talk of organic followers versus your, your fake followers and that sort of thing. Yeah, as well. yeah, so yeah. Buying thousands of followers for exactly those numbers are just numbers and not even people or anything like that really. So. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I do, I do like, and I do aim to, like when I'm uh, on Instagram or on Facebook, which I use a bit as well. Um, I aim to talk, talk to everyone, um, reply to everyone, that sort of thing, um, because I would prefer it to be as organic as possible. Um, it's a platform that you can use, and you can use it quite well um, for that reason. To sort of, it's networking. Yeah, I, I, I was having a, a chat with somebody on um, on Twitter actually this morning and they were asking, you know, a, a group of people about, you know, tips for marketing themselves online and that sort of thing. And I, I basically just said, well, you know, engage, engage and engage some more, but it's got to be sincere. It's got to be, you know, with people that you respect. I said, really, for me, it's about, trying to find a community that you can, you know, talk through, you know, things with and yep. that are there, you know, with your back and that are there to support you and you're supporting them, you know, and, you know, do it in a way that you're not actually there, you know, asking for favours. You're just doing exactly. it organically, you, you you know, because it's a community, because you all have each other's backs, you know, some somebody, you know, gets out there with something new or something different, you know, yep. and the community follows along and, and helps them out, you know. And it, 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 for me, you know, yes, you will gain followers through some of that um, mm. because, you know, obviously building that network, you're going to organically have 
have people turn up. Uh, I mean, I was in a space uh, on Twitter um, a few days ago and just out of that space, uh, it had about 30-odd people in there. I ended up with 25 new followers. I was following the other other five and they were already following me. And, oh, well, there you go. Yep. You know, and literally my engagement in it, aside from listening, was you know, about two or three minutes of talking. But yep. you know, it, it, it's about, as I say, it's about getting into those like-minded communities and you know, having it, you know, being part of the conversation. To me, that that's that's a really important part of it because if you're not having conversations about it, you're sort of this little island off on your own, thinking your own thoughts and yep. doing your own yep. thing and trying to promote yourself without any support. You know, and exactly that, that doesn't yep. work. No, no, it doesn't. No. Um, like you said, like sincerity means a lot um, and respect means a lot as well. So if you show the person as much respect as you would sort of expect yourself, yeah, it's, it just goes from there. One, one, one of the things that uh, I've, I've noticed, particularly in, in the art world, you know, with galleries and uh, let's say museums, because I, I, I doubt unless this podcast becomes a, a smash hit success somewhere, I'm, I'm ever likely to end up in a museum. <laughs> Though I'm quite sure my, my daughters would think that I belong in a museum already. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for, for, for me, I've, I've found that, you know, a lot of the art world is who you know. And again, yep. it's about those networks that you're able to establish of support you know and whether that's you know for you know you you hear the the, the trope of the you know starving artist and all the rest of that you know i'm, I'm not mm -hmm. one of them um but yep. you know see that a lot of those artists can't live without some sort of patronage or some you know and think things like patreon and and whatever kind of start to fill some of those gaps but you yes. know you it's more than that it's the people behind that money that are interested in the art they're interested in you know promoting artists and they're interested in you know getting people's art out there um Absolutely. and i think yep. You know, a, a, a big thing in the art world is is that who you know and how you how you build those networks of support. Yep, definitely. Um, so I I'm not one to promote myself. I don't do it very well, and like I always said, I would never pay for any promotion. So I haven't so far. I have not done any sponsored posts or anything like that. Um, just tried to do it as organically as possible, and. Um, uh, sort of through through networking, through meeting. Luckily, there is a very very good um, tight knit community of photographers down here, so it, yeah. it does. Um, and also, um, we have we have a very good um, sort of tourism industry. So Discover Tasmania and yep. some of some of their subsidiaries um, like Hobart and Beyond and um, Destination Southern Tasmania. A few of those, they they do get around the community a fair bit and you know we have certain um competitions along the way um and you know they obviously do a lot of, of features and that sort of thing as well so yeah right. um, through that I've, I've met a lot of people um in that industry and it's it's kind of handy to know those people um for certain things down the track so you know if they they know you work quite well they will come to you and say you know this this could be good 
for this sort of campaign or yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. So um it's yeah, it's very handy in that respect. Um but that's yeah, that's essentially from just um from meeting and talking to people and um going going through that way essentially. So yeah. I um yeah, like I said, I, I I don't know how to market myself very well. I mean, I could put myself through a few lessons and that sort of thing, but I also don't really feel the need to at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Yeah. And the thing is, if you are getting, you know, good engagement and organic growth without, you know, pushing yourself, you know, then that, that that's all you need to do, you know. The thing is, if, if you're happy with where you're, you, you are, then... You know, the, the, there's absolutely no need to to you know go pushing yourself any further. You know, that's that's, yeah, that's, that's true. And um, I think there's a, there's a lot of time to do a lot of things, and I'm in no rush to do a lot of things either. So yeah. I'm happy to let things just sort of roll as they're going, and that's absolutely fine by me. I I don't really have much more time to do other things on top of um, what I'm already doing anyway. Um, and I'm. I don't feel the need to like even expend the energy on just, you know, focusing on trying to boost um, sales or anything like that. Sure. Um, I'm just happy for whatever happens and if it happens essentially. So, you know, every now and then something pops up and um, it's um, that's half the fun and it's just nice that someone likes your work and um, wants to use it for something. So, yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think it's different if you want to be, you know, taking uh the step into being a full-time photographer i think that's that's a probably a, a very different space to be in and you you do need that support network and you do do Absolutely. definitely need to be out there pushing yourself every you know every time you're interacting you've got to be uh, you know yeah get, yeah and I, know, I know a few people like that as well and um full respect to them because it, it sounds like a hard sort of job to do um yeah. to keep throwing yourself out there and keep sort of not, not exactly holding out the hands or anything like that, but you know, you've got to, you got to keep yourself that relevant and in these people's faces that you're still going to be used and relevant the whole time. That's it. And it, it yeah, it'd be tough. Um, but um, I guess that comes back to me and the family and everything like that. That's um, nothing I need to really think about or worry about. So yeah, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of why I'm very, I'm very laid back with a lot of things and I'm, I'm happy to just, let whatever happens happen. Yeah, no, I, I go along with that. So in, in uh, Instagram, you're a moderator of IG World underscore Global. So tell us a bit about how that came about and what, what you get up to in that community. So there used to be, um, there's a couple of um, old uh, hubs. So I got featured on a few sort of long exposure hubs. Yep. Um, back in, this is probably talking about two years ago now. Yeah. Um, and the bloke who did it was a New Zealand guy called Ricardo de Trend. And he is a lovely guy, um, but he his job sort of situation changed and he ended up, um, instead of being more into the photography and the Instagram side of thing, he ended up um, jumping on some ships and going from New Zealand to, I think maybe even Korea, that sort of thing. So he'd spend oh. months on the months on the boat, like at a time. And um, so his hubs that he had, um, they basically just stopped. So I sent him a message one day and said, um, everything okay? And, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, let me know because I could, you know, help um, 
run this one with you if you want or something like that. And um, he said, oh, thanks. It's, it's very nice of you. Um, these ones are kind of my baby. Um, and he explained the situation and said, this is why I'm not doing it as much at the moment. But I, he said, I'd like to keep these ones and maybe sort of come back to them later on once my situation changes again. But he said, but um, I'm actually a moderator in IG World Global and I can't really keep up with that anymore. So if you want, you can take my spot. I'll talk to the people behind that. And um, that's all it was. It was just talking to this this guy, um, sort of a who you know sort of thing. And he yeah. said, he put me forward for this IG World Global, which is run by a couple of people in Sweden yeah. and lovely, lovely people. Um, and that's, yeah, just went from there. So there's certain expectations for um, working for that sort of hub with that sort of following, you know, they've got over 320,000 followers. Yep. It just grows and grows every day. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, they're, they're lovely people. They've got a very, very good system. Um, and essentially, you know, we just, we just jump on and find an image that we think will suit the grid and yep. suit the that, that they put out. Yeah, so they've, they've got fairly, uh, I, I wouldn't say rigid, but fa fairly, uh, you know, rigid standards, I guess. Rigid's as good a word as any. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. You know, yeah. We, we only have the one shape. You can only have the, you know, the four by five yeah. um, large portrait style image. We can't have any landscape styles or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, no advertising or anything. Yeah. Um, or, you know, sort of using yourself to boost certain things. But, yep. um, yeah, but they're, they're very nice about it as well. So, um, you know, if uh, after about, I think it was like about 10, 10 weeks or something like that, they usually feature one of us as well, so a moderator feature as well. So, um, yeah, that that comes along every now and then. And um, it, it always helps. It's, it's a little bit more exposure. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's just good fun. It is busy though like you do yeah. have to keep with it so yeah it's one of those things that um i don't i don't mind doing yet when you have a spare sort of half an hour so you know you're expected to then like all of the comments in the post yeah, right. you, you've got to um yeah so it's 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 about more than just picking a photo and posting you got to Got to get into yeah, the yeah. side as well. Yeah, you've you've definitely got to engage in that as well. So we have to comment on everything that we um have between each post. So sort of one person, there's about six of us, I think, that do it, and there's one person that will post, and then we can't post for three hours. Then in the next three hours, there's obviously so many um, images that come up on different hubs that they're affiliated with. I, part of what I have to do is go back and like all of those photos as well, comment on all of those photos, congratulate the person who got featured on that other hub as well. And it's it's kind of how these things roll along. So, so IG World Global is sort of engaging with a lot of things and obviously it's too much for one person to do. So when it's shared between so many other people over, you know, so many hours, it actually works out pretty quick and pretty easy. So it's, it's a good, yeah. very good yeah, and one of the guys who, who does all the tech behind it as well, he, he's very, very clever at what he does. So essentially we, we find the image we want and we copy the link to that image and he's got a, a certain um, setup that you just paste that link and everything sort of just spills out from there. So the whole caption that you want to use, um, 
all the the location details. Yeah, so they've got a set of tools to make it relatively easy to do. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if this shot has been used before in IG World Global or featured, um, if this shot is organically or that person's actual shot, so it'll go back and, you know, you have to make sure that you're not um, putting someone else's photo who's just stolen the photo from someone else anyway. So yeah, yep. just, just ways to figure out is whoever took the shot is definitely being credited for it, essentially. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So what what, what about uh, the NFT space? Have you taken a look at that yet or is that still? still <laughs> I've only touched on it. It sounds interesting. It does sound quite interesting. You know, um, this day and age, you've got your cryptocurrency and it's um, oh, it's, it's such a weird space. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it does sound lucrative. Um, well, it's, potentially, yeah. Potentially, if, if, if potentially yeah, exactly. I mean, you see, yeah. you see people doing, uh, what was it, the, the, the Board 8 Yacht Club or whatever, you know, pe people buying those for, you know, half a million dollars. They're equivalent yeah. in cryptocurrency, you know. So yeah. You go, okay, why? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's it's something that's probably still a little bit beyond me. Um, but at the same time, you know, they say you get into these things early, yeah. and if it takes, then you know you're sitting pretty pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I guess you you got to be clever about it. You got to know what you're doing. Um, so. You've got to go in with a level head and make sure you've done all your research. And yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't go on. I would not give it a go, but I, I'd, I'd be very apprehensive at the same time. It's just, yeah, yeah. The there's a lot, lot, of, lot of talk about the environmental uh, impact. You know, you know, stories that uh, you know, minting one uh, NFT can you know be similar to a, a small town's month's worth of electricity or something you know now I don't know how true or how false that statement is but wow. it, it does make me scratch my head a little bit thinking okay so why would it be way more expensive than what YouTube's already doing or Google or Microsoft or Facebook exactly. is already doing and that that's the bit that I'm struggling with is Show, show me the difference between those, you know, and, and if, yep. if it really is eating that much, you know, um, carbon footprint, then okay, it's probably probably not great for the planet. But I'm, exactly, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm still struggling with the fact that you know every everyone talking about it is you know using social media, which is eating up that same carbon footprint. <laughs> exactly it's, it's, a, it's a big double-edged sword isn't it so you know yeah. you're damned if you and if you don't but um yeah it's probably need to probably need to look into it more to actually figure out you know what is being said is it actually you know what's actually happening or you know there's a lot of hearsay with a lot of things as well yeah. so yeah. yeah where do you believe in yeah yeah, I don't, no, I don't it, have... you know it, it, it's it's a bit like a lot of things at the moment. You know, there's uh, there's the truth, there's the real truth, the real truth, and then somebody else's truth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just have to look at the whole COVID situation and the vaccination. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, it's, it's an absolute dog's breakfast, unfortunately. But yeah. Well, I'm I'm trying not to talk about the, that here as much as possible. But uh, yep. There anyway. you go. <laughs> So, um, 
in in uh, terms of uh, while, while we're talking about the environment, you know, um, obviously you, you're getting out and about. Have you seen changes in the way that the you know environment is you know being seen and being you know being treated as well? You know, I mean, I, I know looking at some places up here that are popular, you know, yeah. You, you kind of wish they'd never been you know? Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And, um, you know, <laughs> we're all part of the problem, basically. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, um, famous famous case in Tassie is, is Secret Falls, essentially. So yeah. that, that little waterfall, um, this, you know, beautiful little grotto that's um, sort of situated just before Myrtle Gully Falls yep. in South Hobart. So it's it's a nice little walk to get to, good for the family as well, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's there's no there's no fencing or anything to stop you from going there. So, you know, a lot of places you go, like Mount Field, you go to um Russell Falls and you you go to Horseshoe Falls, and obviously yeah. you've got the barriers where you you um you can't really jump over those, but you've got secret falls and other little places like that where there's there's no barriers or anything like that. And people are saying, well, there should be barriers and you know, maybe maybe there should be, but at the same time, it's it's one of those uh, kind of a catch twenty two type question because I think any part of Tasmania should be experienced by anyone. Yeah. Um, people, I wish people sort of just had a bit more respect for certain places and certain situations. I mean, you know, you, you pack it in, you pack it out. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you see that up around you know, the tracks around cable. Um, uh, Cradle Mountain, sorry, Cable. Yep. Mountain. Uh, yeah, you see that around uh, Cradle Mountain, the, the, the tracks around there, those elevated tracks, the wood yes. ones over all the uh, heathland and everything there. You know, yep. and I mean, aside from around the car park, I, I don't, you know, I've, I haven't done a lot of trekking around there, but um. The, the bits that I've seen, I didn't see one bit of litter, which was nice. Um, mind you, this was 20 years ago, so, you know, probably, uh, you know, it, it may well have changed since then. I don't know. Um, no, that's that's still fairly, fairly true. Like, places, they're not um, they're not being littered so much. It's it's more the, the destruction sort of from people coming to these places and probably stepping where they shouldn't be stepping and yeah. climbing, they shouldn't be climbing. Um, people break branches, move branches out of the way for yeah. this, you know, specific shot that they want or, or whatever, or maybe they're just there with friends and jumping on trees and breaking branches that way. Um, so, yeah, like, like I was saying with Secret Falls, like it was a beautiful, lush, green um, place. And, I mean, it still is, but over the years that I've been there, I've noticed how less green it is. Yeah. And how much this a lot of the mosses disappeared, a lot of the ferns. I got there once and there was a man fern that had been just pulled out of the wall. Oh wow. the, and um was just sitting in the stream, in the stream of water, like um about, you know, two meters away from the fall. So um I don't know. It would have taken a fair effort for someone to actually get that fern out of the wall, essentially. So I have to wonder what went on there, but you know, so it's, it's that sort of destruction that sort of makes you sad to see yeah. the place was and what the place is becoming. Um, and, you know, you can kind of chalk it up to essentially the popularity of social media and people wanting to see these places. 
Um, so, you know, in, in a way, we do it ourselves. Um, which we are is part of, of the problem, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I would absolutely wish that people could just respect the environment, but, you, you know. Yeah. In a, in I know, I know yeah. a lot of the big <laughs> photographers, they, they don't put the, uh, you know, Nick Page, for example, every, everywhere he posts is either Middle Earth or Mesa Arts, you know. That's true, yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are not geotagging these days. Yeah. So. And there's, there's certain things I won't geotag either. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. There's, the Opera House, yeah, everyone knows where it is and they'll find it, you know. Exactly, and, exactly. And some, some are obvious enough. Yeah. not going to hurt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, most are very, very obvious enough that you don't need to. But, you know, a lot of them, I'm happy just to sort of geotag it as Hobart, Tasmania or just Tasmania. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I get a lot of people asking on in your comments, like, where's this? It's, it's amazing. Where is it? And, um, Depending on who it is, I might answer them. I might message them instead and just say, yeah, yeah. this is where it is. If you want to get here, this is how you get here. Um, obviously, respect it when you're going there and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, you like to think most people do and most people know this already, but a gentle reminder doesn't help either. No, that's, that's it. Uh, yeah. What do you see as being the future in terms of... Um you know, social media, do you see it keeping on, keeping on? Or do you think it, you know, you see a lot of lot of people migrating, you know, with Instagram announcing recently that they were going to uh, move to be more TikTok-like than anything else, you know. Are you, are you thinking about moving? Are you staying put or just waiting to see what happens? I, no, I'm very, very lazy at heart. So <laughs> I, I'm not going anywhere, basically. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to just sort of watch and wait, see how it goes. I mean, I don't think the whole place is going to clear out and people are going to stop. No, nor, nor do I. Photos and all of that. Like it's, it's very ingrained in what Instagram is as well, but yes, obviously they're going to focus on the reels and the TikTok style of things. Um, because you know, that's, that's Facebook slash Instagram. They, they roll with what they need to roll with to be the biggest and the best and, you know, so if that if they're going to go that way, let them go that way. But I don't see everyone just disappearing from Instagram and disappearing from the photo style of Instagram because of that. So it's it's still the biggest platform there is. Um, you know, people might get a little bit upset about it, but just um, when when it actually starts going south, maybe start to worry about it. Then I haven't noticed any anything change to me um, essentially. So I'm still just enjoying posting photos and talking like a bit of a dickhead in my captions and that sort of thing. And it's, um, yeah, I'm just happy doing that. Like I, I don't, I don't know if it will or not, but I guess it just remains to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I take the opinion that, you know, if it's, if it's there, use it. If it stops being there, well, you know, I mean, I, I used to post a lot of stuff on 500 pic, pixels or 500 yep. PX. Yep. Uh, some years ago. And I think, you know, all of these sort of platforms, they kind of go in ebbs and flows. And, you know, I mean, I, one of the reasons why I stopped was um, there used to be really good engagement. You used to get, you know, quite a few comments and people yep. talking about, you know, a particular shot or whatever if, if you posted it. And, you know, yeah, yeah, you get, you know, the usual great shot, you know, two, two yes. word, three, three word comments and whatever, but occasionally you get 
somebody actually want to have it, engage in a conversation, you know, which, which is great. But that all just seemed to, to dry up a couple of years ago for some reason. And, you know, you, you'd pay something and it would literally just be crickets, just nothing. Yeah, okay. no, no, yep. you, know, you get you get your likes and all that sort of thing, but you just wouldn't have any comments. And it was just kind of, yep. you know, that's just weird, you know. Is that, is that not attributed to sort of the, the upsurge with Instagram? Um, it, it could be. Uh, I, I mean, they, they, they sort of sort of coincided, but I I mean, I had already sort of started to um, look around and, uh, and shift. I mean, there, there still isn't anything, you know, I was reading an article the other day that there's no real platform for, for landscape in particular, you know, landscape format, you know, Instagram being oh, yeah. the, the, the portrait format, you know, um, famously, but um, you know, there, there's nowhere where you can actually get your, uh, your your larger scale images sort of shown. You know, um, I mean, 500px is still there, and you know, I guess you could go there, but I, I just didn't see the point. If you're not getting any engagement, you can't have a conversation. That's, with anybody. Yeah, that's exactly right. If you're not getting any consumers, then yeah, then um, yeah. there isn't really much point. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they brought out um, Vero um, a couple yeah. of years ago. You know, supposed to be the Instagram Slayer, um, but you know, there was that that actually had some very good ideas. And obviously, you could just turn your phone, and the landscape yep. would take over the phone, and it looked very good. It was high quality. Yep. Um, and you know, for a minute there, I reckon Instagram probably got a little bit worried about it, but then yeah, there was a big. Yeah campaign against it and very suddenly it was um you know everyone's going to jump straight back off Vero and not worry about it yeah um but you know you know as instagram does and facebook and everything they they take ideas that are very good like you know your snapchat um and then your tiktok sort of thing and they obviously make their own iterations of it or they buy them out um so i'm still very very surprised that no one within instagram or whatever they haven't made a way to make landscape photos work because it's probably the biggest disappointment of Instagram that, you know, you, you put your landscape photo up and you just can't see it very well at all. And, um, you know, wherever I go, I'll take, I'll aim to take a landscape shot. Um, then I'll take a portrait orientation shot as well. Yeah. So I'll try yeah. and position in the same area and get one of each. And it's, it's just a bummer that you can't really show those ones off as much as you'd want to. Yeah, no, you you can't do them in the same way. I've I've sort of uh, I found a, a product or, or an app uh, called Panorama Crop. Um, I think it's only Android. I don't. Uh, I'm assuming there's a, an equivalent for iPhone out there, but I I don't know what it is. Um, but uh, what that lets you do is it lets you split it up into I think up to ten shots if you had a really long panorama so yep. basically the maximum that you can post on instagram um yes. and what it does it just slices it up into the four by five portrait format so that you can do the carousel and, yep. and flick through plus it also does a nice uh top and bottom so if you've got a landscape image it'll just pop, pop it into the center and then expand it out so that's a four by five full height uh yeah yep. so I, I i post using that um yeah unless unless i've taken a a portrait format shot you know in, in the first place 
Um, yeah. And what I'm doing with the stories is I'll post the one, you know, the the uh, a new announcement saying here's here's my new shot. But then the next one along in the in the story is always the uh, you know turn your phone is the is the full shot with a couple of tags about where it is and you know what I shot it with. Yeah, I do. I do the same sort of thing actually. Um, for you know, just turning your phone, putting in stories, and so you get a good look at it. At least that way you can. Um, yeah. yeah. I've, I've done a few of the slide panoramas as well. Um, early on when that sort of started, I jumped on and did a few of those. And um, yeah, I don't. I don't mind that format. Um, because it's basically the best way you can get your, you know, about the only way you can <laughs> orientation photo seen. Yeah, on yeah. Instagram. So, um. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did do that a few times as well. But then, yeah, now I've just gone back to being more lazy and just throw up a sort yeah, of... Yeah, fair enough. The, I mean, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't take very long to create it. You know, it's just bang, bang, wall. Yeah. It, it creates it for you in the panorama crop. So that's why I use it. You know, if, if there wasn't an app like that, I wouldn't... I, I, I definitely wouldn't be asked, uh, you know, chopping it up in Photoshop or, you know... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trying to line it up. It's just, just not fair point too. <laughs> I, know, I, do, I know some people that do do that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time I did it, that's what I did because that's what I thought we had to do. So I sort of found how yeah. to do that. And oh, there's always an app. Somebody told me. It's just a matter of finding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what sort of tips have you got for someone just starting out in landscape photography? Well, I, get, I get a lot of people asking me um, that sort of question. And, um, Essentially, I, I tell them, go and, go and Google, like, photography basics. Um, they're all going to say, you know, rule of thirds, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and absolutely, that's that's one of the first things you need to do. Please, please make sure you keep your horizon straight. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that one just kills me every time I see it. I, every time my mum posts a photo, it's, it's, like, not straight at all. And I have to remind her mum, that's not how you do it. <laughs> That's half the fun. I just take the piss out of it. But um, yeah, essentially, um, rule of thirds and foreground for me is is what I would tell people to aim for. So, um, you know, anyone can go down to the beach and take a photo of the nice sky, um, yep. of the morning, and because you know, a lot of the time nature does it for you. You just got these amazing colours, and and away you go. Um, but if you just add a little bit more interest in the foreground, um. You've still got this amazing sky. Um, changes your perspective as well. So you know, get down low. So you've got this different perspective of of what you're looking at. Um, you know, I'll, I'll stand there and take a photo, sort of from above, from below, from standing, you know, eye level, and um, just to get a quick idea of what's what sort of perspective I want to shoot with and what looks good. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's essentially what I would probably recommend. So. Um, when I first started taking photos, I had no bloody idea what I was doing and why I was doing it. I just knew every now and then a photo would sort of come out and it would look good. And a lot of the time it was because, you know, I'd inadvertently already applied the rule of thirds and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, you know what to put in certain thirds to make it aesthetically pleasing to the eye and how it works. So, and, you know, from a left to right sort of perspective. Yep. Um, and just how it all works. So, you know, if, if you go back and look at my older photos, they're all just sort of a dog's breakfast that maybe look nice and clear with um with a nice lens on there, but there's there's no sort of thought process behind it. Yeah, yeah. That sort of came for me later on as I sort of realised a few things and realised why it looks good 
and, you know, how to make things look better, essentially. Yeah, no worries. What What's the best thing about being a photographer? I have seen so much more of Tasmania probably in the last five years than I have in most of my life. So um, it is it is getting out and, like, realising the beauty around you. So, you know, I guess I was a little bit ignorant of um, everything around me up until I started taking photos. Like, I knew Tassie was an absolutely beautiful place and, um, you know, I've, I've travelled um, Europe and parts of America as well and, you know, kind of didn't take in what I probably should have taken in at the time. Yep. And, you know, with a, with a camera, I sort of have realised how much beauty there is in just every location that I go to. Um, so I do, I feel like, yeah, like I have actually sort of taken a little bit of it for granted up until, up until recently. But um, yeah, I do enjoy just getting out there in, into nature and just looking at everything from that perspective and absolutely loving it. Awesome. Yeah. What, what's the worst thing about being a photographer? For me, probably commercially, <laughs> um, <laughs> deadlines. Like I said, I'm lazy. So, yeah. you know, every now and then, I don't do it often because I, I don't always enjoy it, but I do have to, um, you know, do some shoots for certain um, businesses or people, or that sort of thing. I'm hopeless at keeping to a deadline for that sort of thing because I'm like, yeah, okay, you, you would probably, probably about two or three weeks I'll get all the a package of photos out to you and that sort of thing. And then because it's not my, you know, not my job or profession singularly, like I get home from work, the usual nine to five that I have, and then, you know, you're getting dinner ready for the family, then yeah, you're getting yeah. the order to bed. You know, it hits about 8 o'clock, 8.30, and you're like, oh, got to get some photos done now. And it's that sort of thing. So some nights I'm just like, nah. I can't be bothered. I just want to sit on the couch and watch some Netflix with the missus, that sort of thing. And then it's another day and then you realise, oh, God, I've still got these photos hanging over my head that I need to do for this person and get these done. So, yeah, I, I shouldn't commit myself to these sort of things as much as I do, but but I do. Um, but that's, I guess, why the whole landscape side of things is the whole release for that anyway. Like, I always just feel absolutely relaxed. Takes the pressure I'm, off, yeah. You know, well, that's it. I'm taking photos for myself and that's I'm it. enjoying it. Um, that's why I got into it. And obviously, when you get into it and you sort of acquire a bit of skill with the camera, that's when people want you to do these other things as well. So Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah, that's that's the part I don't enjoy as much is when I'm sort of doing it for other people. But You get the usual, oh, yeah. come, come and do my wedding for free. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, luckily, yeah, I haven't. I don't say yes to weddings or anything like that. I don't have the gear for that, and I don't want the pressure of doing that sort of thing. Yeah, um, fair enough. So, you know, I can, I can kind of pick and choose, and sometimes I've probably chosen a few things that I, you know, am not a big fan of doing, but I'll do it for, you know, certain people or um, yeah. just because, yes. Um, so, yeah, and, you know, those those things are, are done, which they, they absolutely help fund, you know, um, more lens purchases or filter purchases, that sort of thing. So, you know, it still needs to be done. Um, absolutely, yeah. Because, you know, landscape photography, there's there's not a whole lot of money in it unless you're really putting yourself out there and throwing yourself out and marketing yourself. Um, you know, I, I do enjoy the, the print sales and the canvas sales and that sort of thing, um, but it's usually these other jobs which is where you get yeah, the money. Yeah, you're actually making some money out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's a necessary part of the game, I guess. 
So if you, if you weren't a photographer, what would you be? Uh, a video game tester, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I could sit there and play PlayStation, I'd be quite happy. <laughs> uh, um, fair enough. Yeah, no, I mean, oh, probably a lot of things. I'd, I'd love to um, travel the world. I've had a few mates that have, you know, travelled um, on on yachts, working on, you know, big yachts, nice. sort of yeah. that sort of thing. And you know, I've seen the photos that they've put up and see that and got, oh, geez, get quite jealous of that sort of thing. It's a it's a fun lifestyle to have. Um, also, it's a no attachment lifestyle as well. So you know, yeah, well, that's, a, that, that's exactly that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not, not not conducive to uh, having a family. No, exactly. So you know, I'm I'm very happy with where I am with you know the whole family life, the whole work life, and the whole photography life. It all sort of just floats around together, and it, it sort of fits in quite well. And I'm very lucky to have a very supportive wife who, um, you know, she encourages me to get out and and take these photos and um, go at certain times. Like there's there's obviously certain times where I can't do it and. We both know that I can't do it, so I'd I'd be rude if I even asked. Essentially, so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, like I said, she's very very supportive and happy for me to get out. So you know, she does sort of uh, you know look after the kids, and I'm like, well, uh, cooking dinner at the moment, but that sunset looks pretty good. She's like, okay, off you go, and that sort of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, my, that pops my, up every now and then. My long suffering wife has. Uh, very, very similar, but um, I mean, she 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 occasionally accompanies me on a on a dawn shoot. Um, not so much in winter, but certainly yep. in, in summer where it's uh, you know not not quite as um, you know drastic getting up. And then you can you can always go for a swim, you know, if we, if we're down at a beach or or, or whatever, you know. But uh, yeah, she she comes with me uh, waterfall hunting as well. And uh, she she quite enjoys that, and I think you know if you can involve your partner in it, great. Give, gives you, uh, as I say, somebody else to carry the gear. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. And that goes that goes back to me saying before, and like you know, a lot of my photos are opportunistic because I only I can only take a lot of these photos and go to these locations with the because family. You're there with the family. So, yeah. you know, holidays to Cradle Mountain, holidays to Stanley, holidays to Strawn, or you know the West Coast, yep. um, all of that. It's it's yeah when I can actually with the family and then once i'm there it's like um i'm just gonna run away and take a couple of photos yeah. i'll be back in half an hour and you know three hours later i'll come back and she said yeah that was a fun half an hour it's, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. so i guess i i do i do push the envelope a little bit with a few things but um um yeah it, it, it all works out in the end i think so yeah. it's yeah. so you got um, any horror stories from your photo career I actually don't think I do. Um, no, I've um, been pretty fortunate. I haven't had any falls or anything like that. Um, uh, no, if I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, I really don't think I have any horror stories as yet. So, you know, touch wood. Hopefully I don't have any. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. You haven't dropped a lens. I mean, everyone drops a, a filter or whatever, but you haven't dropped a lens or a camera. Or no, anything. I did actually. Yeah, no, I dropped a, a 50 mil prime. Um, nice. Yeah. Not, not far from home, actually. That was a bit stupid of me as well. Um, it was back with my old. That was just with the D three one hundred, actually. And um, I had just a little camera bag where the, only the camera fits in the bag, and basically one lens. So um, there was an aurora out that night, and usually when there's an aurora, I 
don't believe there's an aurora until I go and have a quick shot and see it for myself. So yeah. I a nearby point and it's kind of on a bit of a cliff. And yeah, so started getting the gear ready and had the had the wide angle on the 2.8 and the 50 mil was in my little camera bag, but I didn't zip it up. So Oops. Pull that down and suddenly I can hear it rolling. I've sort of got the torch and I'm just watching this bloody lens just roll off the cliff. And oh, no. I could do was laugh. I just went, ah, well, there goes that. <laughs> the next day, I, I saw where it went. So the next day I actually climbed up um, because it's around near the beach. So I sort of walked yep. around the point and then climbed up where I dropped it, hoping that I would have seen it down near the rocks or up above there or would have, you know, it might have gotten stuck in, in uh, a few twigs or a tuft of grass or something like that. So... I actually climbed back up the cliff to where I lost it the night before and um, didn't see it at all. So that, that just disappeared. So yeah. I failed. So that was, yeah, I had to say goodbye to that one. <laughs> Never mind. All right. I think we, uh, we've been going a bit over an hour, so uh, we should think about wrapping up. I've got one more and the most important questions. Pineapple on pizza. <laughs> it's absolutely a crime, mate. Don't do it. <laughs> I had this conversation um, two nights ago, so with with a heap of mates. So um, <clears throat> where were we? It was a Bucks weekend that I've just been to. So we got a heap of wood fired pizzas, um, and one of the guys says to me, he "said um, Do you like pineapple on the pizza?" I said, "No, mate, you don't do that. The Italians would never do that." <laughs> and <clears throat> so, and most people agreed. And then, so he's writing down the list. We're getting five pizzas. And he said, so two Hawaiians. And I said, mate, did you just listen to what we were just talking about? <laughs> wow. Uh, the, I'm, I'm sure Italians <laughs> would use pineapple if they grew them. <laughs> Probably, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I, 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 don't, I don't hate it, but I would never, ever choose it, essentially. So if there's nothing there except a piece of Hawaiian pizza, I'm still going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but for, for oh, the most part, I'm never going to choose that. Yeah, warm warm pineapple just does not do it for me. Uh, fair enough. All right, well, thanks so much for uh, taking the time, uh, Danny. I've, I've really enjoyed this catch-up and uh, it's been fantastic to hear about how it you is. do your thing. Where, where yeah. can people find your work? Um, so essentially, obviously on Instagram, which most people would know, Um and I've got a, a Facebook page as well, which is, you know, essentially just facebook.com forward slash Danny Cupid Photography. Um, and I've got a web page, which is just Danny Cupid Photography as well, if you Google it. But um, that's so outdated, it's not funny. So <laughs> my, you know, my most up to date is my Facebook and my Instagram, essentially. So sure. um, yeah, that's where anyone would find me if they need me. Sounds good. And yeah, always happy to chat to anyone as well. So I do, I do talk to a lot of people um, with you know a lot of advice and that sort of thing. And um, just, just I've found I've met a lot of really, really great people through Instagram. Like a lot of my uh, friends that I have now, um, I've you know I've been talking to them. Some of them for years. Some of them I haven't even met yet, and I'll be meeting soon. Or some of them I've only just met in the last you know week or two, sort of thing. It's it's that sort of platform where you get on really well with all of these people because you, you know, you've got a like-minded sort of um, hobby and, and passion. So yeah. um, it just goes from there and um, it's, it's an awesome platform for that. So, you know, back to the social media thing, there's a lot of things that social media, you know, 
doesn't do well. There's a lot of things that social media does do well. Do, and does, it does do well, yeah. I, I, I totally support that. My uh, my experience is very much the same. You know, I've, I've met a lot of great people uh, out of this and I probably wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for some of the people that I've met, you know. Yep, yep, uh, and I agree too, yep. Yeah. All right, well, uh, thanks again, mate. It's been uh, fantastic having uh, a chat with you. Um, thanks That's again. Great, for, th thanks again for listening to Landscape for Photography World. Hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because I'll be joined by some great guests in upcoming episodes. You can find my work in this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne. Hope to see you out shooting soon. <laughs>